0: Good morning, OC Church. Happy Valentine's Day. In honor of this day and in honor of my wife, I wanted to just put up this picture here of my wife and I 25 years ago on our wedding day. This is my favorite, favorite picture. And I wanted to be able to share this with you as we uh, celebrate 25 years on, in June of this year. So uh, really encouraging. I also want to just uh, tell all the brothers, hey, make sure that you make your, fi- your wife feel special on this day. And single brothers, make sure the sisters feel special as well. We definitely want everyone to feel loved on Valentine's Day. You know, today we're going to talk about a love relationship. We're going to talk about Josiah. Now, Josiah was a man who had a love relationship with God's Word. And so today, as we are continuing on with our Renewed Spirit series, we're going to talk about renewing your love for God's Word. So let's go ahead and turn your Bibles to Second Chronicles 34, and then let's go ahead and pray. Father, I want to thank you, God, for this time to be together. It's so encouraging to look into your Word, to be able to see the hearts of our brothers and sisters throughout history, to see their passion for your Word, to see their love, uh, to honor you and lift you up, and to stand up for you and represent you in the best possible way that they can. And I pray that today as we look at these scriptures, we won't just simply listen to these words, but we will explore our own hearts and explore our own minds and try to figure out the ways that we can implement these things into our own life. Father, we need you. We love you. Without you, we're nothing. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the context for uh, today is uh, basically it's about less than a century has passed, since the northern kingdom of Israel has fallen into Assyrian captivity because of their disobedience. Now, God has now turned his focus to the southern kingdom of Judah, and really his analysis of the character of Judah was ominous. And so if you could just listen along, you can turn there if you'd like, but in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 6 through 14, this is what Jeremiah says about what's going on in Judah. In uh, Jeremiah 3, 6 through 14, it says, During the reign of King Josiah, the king said to me, or the Lord said to me, Have you seen what faithless Israel has done? She has gone up on every high hill and under every spreading tree and has committed adultery there. I thought that after she had done all this, she would return to me. But she did not. And her unfaithful sister Judah saw it. I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorce And sent her away because of her adulteries. Yet I saw that her unfaithful sister Judah had no fear. She also went out and committed adultery. Because Israel's immorality mattered so little to her, she defiled the land and committed adultery with stone and wood. In spite of all this, her unfaithful sister Judah did not return to me with all of her heart, but only in pretense, declares the Lord. The Lord said to me, Faithless Israel is more righteous than unfaithful Judah. Go proclaim this message toward the north. Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favors to foreign gods under every spreading tree and have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. Return, faithless people! Declares the Lord, for I am your husband. I will choose you, one from a town and two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. Man, this is the condition of Israel and Judah as Josiah now becomes king. And just a little bit of background, you know, Hezekiah was was uh, Josiah's great-grandpa, and he had really done an amazing job as the king, turning people back to God. But his son Manasseh, uh, who was Josiah's grandpa, was really the most corrupt king in Judah's history. And so it would seem that whatever was going on in his reign, he made sure that the, the Bible was not available to anybody. He made sure that nobody would celebrate the Passover. He was godless, he served idols, you know he had the worst reputation as a king in Judah but you know the uh, the good news is that at the end of his life he did have kind of a turn he did have kind of a change of heart and unfortunately it happened because he was captured into, into a Syrian captivity and the bible says that you know he was he was brought back to god by a hook and 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 chains and and you know it was it was kind of a rough time, but so in his distress, we know that the Bible says that in Second Chronicles thirty three verse thirteen, it says, "And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty. He was he was moved by the entreaty uh, of Manasseh, and he listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew." That the Lord is God. You know, you would think that, um, you know, after seeing Manasseh and, and all that he had done, that his son Ammon would, would really, you know, probably learn from him. But we see that that's not really the case. In Second Chronicles 33, verse 22, 22 through 24, uh, Josiah's dad, Ammon, uh, who was Manasseh's son, It says, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. Amon worshipped and offered sacrifices to all the idols Manasseh had made. But unlike his father Manasseh, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Amon increased his guilt. Amon's officials conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace. I mean, this is crazy. And, And this is... This is what Josiah has been seeing. This is what Josiah has been experiencing. This has been the example that has been put before him. But we see in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 1 and 2, that really Josiah didn't use that as an excuse to just live however he wanted to live. 2 Chronicles 34, 1 and 2 says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. You know, Josiah again could have made the excuses, but he didn't let those people who were in his life influence him in a negative way. You know, he wanted to um, he wanted to, to follow David, and, and so the Bible says that, that he followed the ways of his father David. And that was his heart. And so apparently somebody was teaching him about David. Somebody had presented to him this ideal view of who David was. And maybe it was the, the, the people that conspired to kill his father, Amon, who knows. But for whatever was going on in that time, somehow Josiah came out of it wanting to be like David. And so that's pretty inspiring. It really shows, says a lot about the legacy of David's love for God. And really, that love for God inspired Josiah to take action now that he was king. In verse 3, it says, In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to see the God of his father David. He began to seek the God of his father David. Here we are. Josiah was eight when he became king. It's eight years later. Now he's 16 years old. And he begins to really seek God in a deeper and more meaningful way. Um, You know, you saw earlier in the welcome, Caden Lee just got baptized at 15. You know, something about Josiah realized, man, it's time to seek God. It's time for me to really go after God. And I want to encourage you, if you're a teen right now, you know, you're never too young to really begin to seek God. And honestly, we're never too old to begin to seek God either. But I just want to encourage you, teen ministry, you got to believe that God can do great things through you. Just as he did great things through Josiah. And so we look in verse 4 through 7, and it says, In his 12th year, okay, now he's age 20, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherah poles and the idols. Under his direction, the altars of the Baals were torn down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them, and he smashed the Asherah poles and the idols. These he broke to pieces and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars, and so he purged Judah and Jerusalem and the towns around them. He tore down the altars and the Asherah poles, and he crushed the idols to powder, and he cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel. Then he went back to Jerusalem." So now here he is at age 20 taking radical stands for God. Josiah, like man, I'm 20 years old. It's time to make a difference. It's time to stand up. I got to address the issues that I see going on. So the Bible says that he's tearing down the altars of Baal worship. He's smashing the Asherah poles. He's cutting down altars into pieces. He's crushing the idols. And, you know, you could say that he was crushing it. And and, and as a spiritual man at 20 years old, he was crushing it spiritually, And, and he was not afraid to stand up for the God that he loved. And it's so inspiring to see his heart that he wanted to fight for God's honor. He wanted to stand up for the honor of God at such a young age. And again, this is 20 years old. These are our college students. I want to encourage you college students we got to stand up for God's honor. we got to fight for God's honor. we got to be crushing it spiritually so that we can be the type of men that God has designed for us to be, the type of women that God has designed for you to be. And so I really am so grateful to be able to look at this amazing example of Josiah to hopefully inspire our 20-somethings, right? Uh, and then we move on here, and, and we look at verse 8, and it says, In the eighth year of josiah's reign to purify the land and temple he sent shaphan son of azalea and of maasa the ruler of the city with joah son of Joahaz, the recorder to repair the temple of the lord his god so now here he is at age 26 he's probably you know singles ministry here maybe he's a young married we don't know but he's 26 years old and, and, and man, now he's like, you know what, I want to repair the temple. I want to repair the land. I want to take this thing even higher. And he's inspired. He's motivated by God. He's really knowing that I want to be like King David. I want that to be the example that I try to live out. Not the example of my grandpa, not the example of my father, but the example of King David. And so he was striving to purify the land and to rebuild the temple of the Lord his God. We see in verse 9 that they went to Hilkiah the high priest and gave him the money that had been brought into the temple of God, which the Levites who were the gatekeepers had collected from the people of Manasseh, Ephraim, and the entire remnant of Israel. And from all the people of Judah and Benjamin and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So here he is, again, 26 years old, and he's in- inspiring all these people to give to God, to give sacrificially. And, you know, really one sign of a renewed spirit is a sacrificial heart to give. One sign of of, of someone who's, who's, man, I'm, I'm renewed, I'm, I'm trying to do what's right for God. You, you, you see the importance of sacrificing for God to build God's kingdom. And so this is something that he understood that he valued at a very young age and we need 20-somethings we need the young men and the young women in our church to really see that this the best investment you can make the very best investment you can make is to invest in building God's church and so so inspired as i look at Josiah so inspired at what a great example he is for our 20-somethings in verse 14 through 27 it says while they were bringing out the money That had been taken into the temple of the Lord. Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. And he gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the book to the king and he reported to him, your officials are doing everything that has been committed to them. They have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the supervisors and the workers. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. You know, this is an inspiring statement because it's like he read it in the presence of the king. And then this response here is pretty inspiring. It says, When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. Josiah just went, he just tore his robes. He was like, What? What is this? He's like, "What? We have not been obeying the word of God. And it says, He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahiakam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah. The king's attendant, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. That they have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. And it was breaking his heart, man. It was crushing Josiah's heart verse twenty two it says Hilkiah and those the king those the king had sent with him went to speak to the prophet Huldah, who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tucath, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the new quarter. She said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says, I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people' All the curses written in the book that have been read in the presence of the king of Judah because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all that their hands have made. My anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the words you heard because your heart was responsive and because you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. You know, you see this and you go, man, what is God moved by? What is God inspired to intervene when he sees happen in our lives you know he's moved by humility he's moved by that repentant heart man i just god i'm so sorry i just want to do what's right in your eyes no matter what i just i'm ready to do what's right i'm ready to change my life i'm ready to 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 go from living a life of sin to now living a life totally committed to you god and i'm willing to surrender my will to your will and and i will do what it takes. I'm ready to see justice done. I just want to be right with you, God. You know, God notices that, and he sees when we're responsive, when our hearts are ready to respond to his word. You know, it was true then that God was moved, and it's true today. God is still moved by repentant, humble, and responsive hearts. You know, I was reading my Bible uh, earlier this week, and I was Honestly, I was just struggling. There was, a, there was a situation that had happened a while back. And and, and then a couple of days later, this brother I'd been talking to, he said some things that reminded me of what happened a little bit further back. And, and and I just could not let it rest. And it was bothering me. And I went out for a prayer walk and I was crying out to God, like, what is in my heart? What's going on? And, and so I, I finally got, I feel like kind of revealed it to me. So I sent a text to this brother. I said, bro, look, is there any way we can talk? We need. We got to talk. And I was able to, you know, set up a time. We talked for about an hour. By the end of that time, man, we had completely resolved everything. I expressed my hurt. I expressed the things that I was feeling, and we got everything worked out. But in my heart, I was, I was going to a dark place. And I know who I am. I know that I can struggle with. I can struggle with anger, but most of the time, my anger is really. Um, you know, that, I, that I've that i just been hurt. And my hurt comes out and expressed in anger because anger is the least vulnerable emotion. So most men, you know, most of men's anger is really just they feel hurt or they don't know what to do or they feel afraid, but they don't know how to express it because that would be too vulnerable. So it's just easier to just get mad, you know? And, and, and that's certainly true with me. But, you know, as we began to work it out and have that talk, man, it was it was transformative for me. But but if I had just disobeyed God's word and, and everything that he says about resolving relationships, man, I would still be feeling that to this day. And I'm wondering if some of us maybe have some things that are going on in your own heart right now that God is waiting for you to be humble about, that he's waiting for you to be repentant about, that he's waiting for you to be responsive uh, to his word about. And the truth is we can't just simply listen to the word and deceive ourselves. God expects us to do what it says. He expects us not to just know the Word of God, but to walk it out every single day, to live the very things that we claim that we believe and the things we teach that we actually do it. And so, you know, I felt really challenged by that. I felt really challenged personally, and I knew that I had to make a decision to resolve it quickly. And I want to encourage you, if you've got things you need to address you know, in your life or things you're feeling toward other people or just some sin you need to get open about, to talk about, don't delay. Don't delay. God wants you to have a responsive heart. He wants you to have a repentant heart. He wants you to have humility, and we all need that. There is no downside to humility. There is absolutely no downside because God will lift up the humble. Amen? Verse 29 through 33, it says, Then the king called together all the elders of Judah in Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord and the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by his pillar and he renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commands and statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. Then he had everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin pledge themselves to it. The people of Jerusalem did this in accordance with the covenant of God, the God of their ancestors. Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all the territory belonging belonged to the Israelites and he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God as long as he lived they did not fail to follow the Lord the God of their ancestors you know here they are they're cleaning out the temple and and, and as they're cleaning out the temple suddenly they make this amazing discovery they're like what's this what is this and and they realized it was a scroll, maybe one that had been hidden for years that people hadn't even knew was there for many, many years since the temple had been destroyed. But they discovered this temple and some historians say it was probably Deuteronomy, uh, that particular book. And And so whether that's true or not, I don't completely know. But, but I will say that whatever it was, it was transformative for Josiah. It was transformative for the people. And, and, and so... You know, we see that he tore his robes as a sign of repentance, but he was amazed. He was amazed that he found this, uh, that this had been found. And so he shared it with the elders in his inner circle, and then he had it read aloud to all the people. You know, this was a common practice back then, is that everyone would stand up and you would read it to all the people. But because there have been so many generations here of bad kings, this probably hadn't happened in a very long time. And so he had all the people stand up and they just read the word aloud. You know, I think sometimes we got to do that. Sometimes as a church service, we got to just have everyone stand up and just read large chunks of the word. And there's something about it that they saw the value in that then. And there's something that maybe we're missing today because we don't do that as much. Uh, But today we're reading a lot of the Bible, so hopefully this will... Will at least get us on the way, but you know, as as they were reading the word of God, Josiah was renewed by God's word. It renewed something inside of him. Maybe something he never even knew was even there. He was already fired up for God. He was already standing up for God. But but when he when he read the Bible, there was something powerful about the Bible. Of course, it's Holy Spirit inspired and. And we know that God's word is powerful. We know that Isaiah 55 says his word never comes back empty, but always accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. And it certainly accomplished the purpose here of what God wanted because it renewed Josiah's heart, but it wasn't just enough for him to be inspired. He wanted everyone around him to get inspired. He wanted those in his closest circle. And then he wanted all of Jerusalem. He wanted all of Judah. He wanted all of the surrounding cities to be renewed by God's word because he knew that that was the only way that they were going to please God. And so I want to encourage us, you know, I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk with God, but we've got to be renewed. You know, as we've been looking at the word of God, and I've been encouraging people to read the gospels, you know, and, and read the New Testament through the lens of adventure, man, it has been super inspiring for me. Um, you know, uh, some of you may have uh, followed some of the Bema podcast videos, and so I've been listening to those, and I've been studying out Matthew through the Bama podcast, and it's taken a couple hours a day to really do it, but it's been so amazing for me personally, and I got inspired when I was like, let me call Marty Solomon, the guy who leads it, and we had this amazing half-hour talk, and... and And he was just so positive about our church. He's like, I've heard so much about your church. What an amazing difference you've made, how you guys implement the Bible, how you really strive to live out, you know, the great commission to go make disciples of all nations. He goes, goes, I've never seen any church like that ever. He said, but there's one thing that you probably could grow from and that maybe if we could work together, maybe we could really make the perfect church. He goes, you've got to go deeper in the Bible. You've got to go deeper. And I was like, well, I'm super convicted. But it's true. And, and, and so I've been really just, that's part of what has been motivating me to encourage the people to do this, the Renew Testament reading plan. And I hope that you're doing that. Or I hope you're doing something like that where you're digging deep in the Bible this year. But I really want to encourage you, really want to encourage you, dig deep. And I love this, this statement here that has been really inspiring to me um you know we can see that he just kind of did a renew the old testament reading plan here for them you know we're doing the renewed testament reading plan they were doing a renew the old testament reading plan and so everyone's gathered around they're hearing this and they're being blown away by god's word and they all stood there and listened intently to what god had to say and it was transformative but in verse 33, it says, as long as he lived, of course, talking about Josiah, as long as Josiah lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord. That's what it says in verse 33. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord. What a legacy of his leadership. I mean, what if someone could say that about me, I'd be super encouraged. Uh, if someone could say that about you, it'd be super encouraging. You know, could that be said of you? You know, could your influence of the people around you, in your small group, you know, in your ministry, in your neighborhood, could it be said about you that as long as he lived, as long as he lived or as long as she lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord. As long as the Mammons lived, as long as Christina Hill lived, as long as the Barbers lived, as long as Lisa Badig lived, as long as Sonny Tran lived, as long as Daniel and Stephanie Kim lived, as long as Kathy Rescon lived, as long as Caden Lee, who did our welcome earlier, you know, was with his parents and was just baptized a couple weeks ago. You know, as long as the Ostrowskis lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord. They did not fail to follow the Lord. What an inspiring legacy. And can that be said of you? And I hope it can be. And I know that if you are allowing the Bible to renew your spirit, if you're allowing yourself to be renewed for a new passion and love for God's word, that this can be true in your life. And I hope that it's true for all of us. Amen? So verse 31, it says, The king stood by his pillar and he renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes and decrees with all of his heart and all of his soul and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. You know, Josiah renewed the covenant with God. He renewed his contract with God. He recommitted to God. He knew that God had already been committed to him. And so he made a decision. You know what? I'm going to live out these words. I'm not just going to read these words, but I am going to live them out. And we certainly see him doing that. You know, the fact is, you know, he was saying that he loved God all of his heart, soul, strength, and mind. When we love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, there is not room for love for anything else, not love for the world, not love for all these things that can distract us because our love is completely devoted to God. You know, I really um, see from this example also that when you're super passionate about God's Word, you want other people to know about it. You know, Mike Hill is a guy in our coastline ministry, a young married couple, uh, he and his wife, and uh, they reached out to a guy named Mike, or excuse me, named Tyler Ward, who was you know, just a couple stores down at Trader Joe's working there, and he'd come in there for coffee, and and Mike reached out to him, shared his faith with him, realized he was probably open. Mike set him up with some of the single brothers in Coastline. Uh, They studied the Bible with him, and last week he was baptized there at Pacific Ocean. It was so inspiring, but it was amazing as we were studying the Bible, you know, to really, excuse me, to kind of get to this last uh, final point where he was trying to make sure this is what he really wanted to do. We kept digging into the Word. We kept digging in, and man, he was just eating it up. He was just loving it. It was like uh, the Matrix. He just kept saying, give me more, give me more, give me more. He was so passionate about God's Word, but I hope, that's, I hope that we all feel that way, and when we don't, we got to remember that, hey, that's pretty normal that we go through different phases where we're not always super fired up about God's Word, and, but we can be deliberate, intentional, and daily, to really get back to that place that we can be completely sold out, completely committed to God's word, completely passionate to know God and to really make him known. And so I really, really appreciate the amazing example of Josiah, but I also appreciate the example of our brothers here here in Orange County. And uh, so encouraging to see Tyler Ward get baptized. You know, renewing our love for God's word is something that we have to be you know, like I said, we got to be deliberate about it. It it doesn't just happen. It requires us going a little deeper, digging a little deeper. So I want to give you some quick action items today. You know, I want to encourage you, if you've not been where you need to be, if you know you need to be renewed in your love for God's Word, if you know you haven't been spending time with God, if you know that, get open with someone and talk about it. And then ask them, hey, can you can you? Do this with me because we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to do this alone. And then when you get renewed, start sharing, okay? When you get renewed by God's word, start sharing or start sharing and I bet you'll get renewed. It really goes both ways. And so I really want to encourage us. There's just some practical things that we can do. You know, as we take communion, you know, we have to decide that we want to renew our love for God's word. You know, as, as uh, kind of one last act that Josiah was doing here in this particular uh, story, in 2 Chronicles 35, verse 1, it says, Josiah celebrated the Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and the Passover lamb was slaughtered on the 14th day of the first month. You know, his, his grandfather, Manasseh, had said, No, we're not celebrating the Passover. That's not happening. His dad, No, that's not happening but he had this opportunity, you know what, while I'm in charge here, while I'm the king, we are going to celebrate the Passover, we are going to honor God, we're going to remember all that God has done, and really, of course, we know the Passover was a time to remember all that God did, you know, as he delivered his people from Egypt, and so, you know, Passover is, is a big celebration, even to this day, and really, when we take communion, it's kind of a small little Passover, it's it's what Jesus did with his disciples. They celebrated Passover as they were in the upper room. And, and we get an opportunity to celebrate that now as we take communion, as we think about the blood that Jesus shed, as we think about the bread, or excuse me, Jesus' body and how he was beaten. As we take these symbols of, of the blood and the symbols of his body, you know, we get a chance to remember all that Jesus has done for us. And we get a chance to make decisions You know, I'm going to remember how passionate Jesus was, how much he loved God's word. And I'm going to remember maybe times when I have been more passionate about God's word and I'm going to make decisions to go back to that time. And I'm going to make decisions to walk away renewed like never before in my love for God's word. Let's take this communion together in prayer. Father, I want to thank you, God, for this opportunity. To be able to remember you, thank you for the blood that you shed. Thank you for your body that was beaten for me, for all of us. And uh, God, I pray that it would inspire us to renew our passion for your word. Just as you were passionate for the word, just as Josiah was passionate for the word, God, please renew that steadfast spirit within us so that we could have a passionate love for your word. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.